Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode 40. Whoa! Is that (laughs) so we get the uh, ABC Water Sports Monday Night Football theme? Uh, And uh, to commemorate this episode of Wonder, we are going to be doing uh, a special uh, game that is a rare recent release for the Amiga. Most of our games come from back in the day. And uh, this is not one of them. This game was... Well, it sort of is. Well, it sort of is, but it's sort of not. Uh, It is also connected to the wild world of sports because it's a game about karate, which is a sport that is in the world. (laughs) Wow, that's a stretch right there. So, uh, we're talking about karateka, of course. Some people call it karateka. They're wrong. And, uh, but, Aaron, why don't you tell us all about this game? Well... We didn't do the news. (laughs) I was going to ask you. I'm not even going to stop the recording. We'll just start the news right now. Aaron, tell us about the news. Well, I had a few tidbits this week I thought I'd go over. Um, There's an excellent article out, uh, and I will link it. It's at atlasobscura.com. And it's it's simply an article about the Amiga's role in the 1990s as a cable guide uh, machine. If you watched cable TV, and especially in the States, and I can't say overseas if that's the way it was done. Heck, it could still be like that for all I know. The, uh, the TV Guide channel you would go to to see what was coming on, it would scroll through. That was generally an Amiga doing that uh, for the longest time. I, I would not be surprised if there were still places that still had an Amiga doing it. Uh, again, this was a uh, uh, you know video toaster. The Amiga had the right outputs and everything to make this work. Uh, if there's Actually, I've seen video and pictures of what they used before the Amiga took over, and it was god-awful. It looked like, uh, it looked archaic compared to what the Amiga could do. And then occasionally, I always got a hearty laugh, and I'd flip over to that channel and just see Guru Meditation flashing on the screen. <laughs> Did you ever see anything like that? No, well, if I would have, I wouldn't have known what to make of it. Yeah. But, you know, I haven't thought about the old TV Guide channel in forever. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm the same way. Uh, this article popped up. And uh, it's a real good read. So uh, that's something I would uh, have a look at. Um, something else I wanted to discuss real quick, uh, since we're talking about uh, Karatika. Um, the man behind Karatika, uh, for you that uh, don't follow this stuff real closely, is a fellow named Jordan Mechner. Uh, Jordan Mechner, uh, he's really a, a man of many talents. He uh, Not only did he do... Karatika, which was his first big game. He also did Prince of Persia, uh, Prince of Persia 2, which was not bad. Uh, did he do Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time? He did. He did do that. He did a game called The Last Express as well. Which oh, I, The Last Express. I'm not, I don't know that you know, one. That is a, um, that is a adventure game, a point-and-click adventure game that has a real-time clock that, that, that ticks down. 
as you try and solve the mystery. That seems to be one of his MOs, because it's a real-time clock in Prince of Persia. In Prince of Persia. So, uh, you've played that one then, eh? Yeah, it's a wonderful game. I, I, I've not played it, but, I mean, Magner's a talented guy. He also... Uh, he also worked on the uh, uh, on the film Prince of Persia films apparently, huh. like he, and he apparently has done film work as well. But he's a really interesting cat. I uh, read uh, uh, it was last year someone had posted his uh, his sort of like a writing diary of when he was working on Prince of Persia, and this was coming off of Karatika being a, a major sleeper hit. It came out of nowhere. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere, and we'll get into why here shortly. But it was really interesting to um, to see his thoughts as to how things went down. Because, I mean, part of it, it's not like he'd written the game, but the majority of it's after the game was written. And it's just like, you know, what is the publisher doing? What How are they, you know, what am I doing here? What, are they screwing me? What's happening? It's And it's a lot of unease, a lot of self-doubt occasionally. But it's real. I mean, it's it was sort of brave to put something like that out. Uh so anyway, when I was doing research for this episode, <clears throat> I noticed that he had a book out called The Making of Karatika, Journals 1982-1985. It's available on Amazon. I've not read it. I'm going to. I just I found it literally uh, hours before we uh, recorded. Uh, but it, it looks like it'd be interesting. And if it's anything like the other, uh, the other uh, article I read, it's. I mean, if you're sort of into games and the production of the games, it's sort of a must read. It, it was the the previous thing was really good, so I'm guessing this is probably pretty good as well. So we'll link it up. But if you're into uh, that sort of thing, it'd probably be a good read. Sounds good. What else you got? I think that's about it. I think we're ready to go. All right. Well, uh, Karatika is at, on the face of it, it's a very simple game. Once you get deeper. It's also kind of a simple game. Simple on multiple levels, but it's the execution that makes it special. Yes, I, I agree. Um, the 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 main conceit of the game is that your your lady has been whisked away by some sort of barren overlord samurai, and uh, he sends out various flunkies to do battle with you on this ever expanding terrace uh, that you're on, uh, leading to his his courtyard and to the lady Akuma. Akuma. Akuma is the bad guy. Akuma Matata. No, and your and your girlfriend is Mariko. Mariko's the girlfriend. Akuma's the bad guy. Like Akuma Patata. What is that for? Is that the Lion King? It is the Lion King. I never saw that. You never saw the Lion King. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You eight. know what? You want to make middle school band students laugh? Start talking about Hakuna Fermata. What's that They'll mean? Love it. Well, you know what a Fermata is, right? No. Oh, you were in band. <laughs> It was like 30 years ago, Bo. So, fermata is a thing that goes over a note that makes you hold the note out loud. And uh-huh. so, you say, Hakuna Fermata. It means playing for the rest of your days. Because that's kind of a parody of the Lion for the Lion King. Since I've been in band, they've invented several new instruments. Band that kids I, that I didn't, love I didn't that. know about. Well, band kids have strange senses of humor. That's very that. true. I fit right in with them. What are we talking about? Anyway, yeah, karateka. Okay. Uh, we probably should mention, before we get too deep into this, that... Uh, uh, this is not an Amiga game. It was a uh, port of an of an Atari ST game by a fellow a fella named uh, uh, Felipe Gilles-Chardon, or I, I, I'm I'm probably butchering that. He's a French fellow. His uh, his uh, um, sort of his handle is Maynoff, right? Uh, Bernie. I looked <laughs> no Maynoff, not Madoff. Uh, I looked into this cat because he's actually 
he's done some interesting stuff. He this is sort of his mo is 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 bringing stuff across from the st. It's a worthwhile mo. It is. Um, he's and he's got a little list of stuff he's done. <clears throat> he's done uh, um, a, a game called Back to the Golden Age. I'm not familiar with that no. one. No, I don't know that. Um, International Karate, which I am familiar with that. Um, he did a, a karate, obviously. He did a. He just recently did a game called Oids, O I D S. Hmm. I don't know if it's an Asteroids ripoff. Again, we haven't tried these yet, but we're going to give him a shot for some uh, for some uh, Amigos plays sometime in the future. He did Super Sprint, really? which might be interesting to have a go at. The two that interest me the most are uh, uh, Gauntlet and Joust. Wow. I want to try all those. Yeah, and he also did uh, World Karate Championship, uh, which is neat. Um, <coughs> I... Uh, was nosed around trying to find something out about the uh, about uh, Maynoff. I'm going to call him that because it's easier to pronounce. And uh, uh, I found an, a uh, an interview he did in 2014 with a magazine uh, called Obligement. It's an online. Oh well, you know what Obligement is. We've talked about them on the show before. Have I? Have yeah. we? The top uh, where you could vote for the the top Amiga games. Remember we talked about oh, it a couple yeah, months ago. Yeah. That's Obligement. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, apparently, they're uh, a Big French, yep. you know, online Amiga magazine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they interviewed this guy. Uh, the interview was pretty interesting. Uh, uh, Maynoff said he'd been he's been at it since '82. Uh, he didn't start on the Amiga. He went he went to a uh, he was on the Atari, and then he went up to the Amiga. Uh, he like he likes it. His nickname means nothing. He did mention that, which I'd always wonder what it meant because I'd seen it posted now and again. Um, it was, he invented it. Uh, he also he mentions that he worked on a port of uh, uh, what was it Might and Magic Two for the Amiga that came over from the Mac. So he's even done that. Might and Magic that's a kind of a first person kind of wizardry game, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. that's a that was a classic series back in the day. Um, he does all his work on an Amiga twelve hundred with a, a Blizzard card in it. Uh, he doesn't collect games. He likes doing uh, uh, ports from the Atari because it's it can be fairly simple. He even mentions that like if he starts, he, he'll disassemble the code and reassemble it. Because I was wondering, how's this guy doing this? This you know, it seems. Of course, I'm, I'm a layman. I don't know jack squat about coding, but he he had disassembled the code and and then he'll reassemble it and then make the modern the changes it needs to work on the Amiga. You know. Yeah, suffice to say that simple to him may not be simple to normal people. Right, yeah, no kidding. Uh, the first the game he did was Dungeon Master. If you've ever played that, it's a classic game. And the funny so thing is... down kind of... It's a, No, it was actually a first person. Okay, uh, I, I'm not familiar with that. Big deal game. But the hilarious thing is this was out on the Amiga. Oh. So he ported it because he thought the ST... It, it, because it, it looked better. Okay. And so, you know, I, again, I haven't looked at these, but we'll have, that's something else we have to look at. Uh, he says that you could have, uh, given the game and how you know and, and what how simple a game it is, he's had these working in uh, 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 not playably but not fully functional in, a, in as quickly as a day. Mm. So that's pretty that's pretty. But of course, something complicated says take could take months. Uh, something else I was wondering that he touches on in the article: a lot of these games uh, require a, a beefier Amiga, like. Uh, a non-stock, an O20, or an AGA, mm-hmm. something like that. And a- and he was asked about that, and he basically said, uh, you know, what, a lot of it's because the the Atari ran slightly quicker, right? There's the Amiga is a multitasking operating system. So there's more overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makes sense. Plus, when you port it, sometimes the uh, 
the port is real wacky. And so just the just the way it's ported will cause it to eat up more system resources as well. So I thought that I thought that was kind of a kind of neat. So mm-hmm. pretty pretty interesting guy. Uh, uh, I guess it's just a hobby. So, uh, but he seems to be one probably the most prolific porter of anyone on the system. Karotic obviously is, is the one he's done recently. I'm hoping there's. A, I'll tell you what. I'd love to see this guy uh, port over Blue Max from anything. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> that's, that's I wonder if the. Thinking. I wonder if the. Uh, do you think the ST got a Blue Max port? Something to look into, boat. <laughs> we need to call this guy up. Yeah. Uh, in France, but he seems like a real nice guy. So I salute him. If no one else has, I'd like to get him on the show. I don't think he speaks English. But uh, I sent him. I sent an email over to what I think is an email address for him. So you never know. Yeah. But uh, I figure we'll give it a shot. Anyway, Karatika. Um, like Boat said, you're a, you're a you're a guy in a gi. You're a karate master. You climb up a, a up a hill from the ocean and you fight karate guys until you infiltrate this guy's secret dojo and you go in there and you fight him and you try to rescue your girlfriend. Very similar to Mechner's Prince of Persia. With the exception that you're in that one, you're thrown in jail, and then you go fight the guy. It's basically the same thing. Uh, the actual gameplay is quite a bit different because you don't really do a ton of fighting in Prince of Persia, and this is all fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no leaping, there's no climbing. It's just run across a platform. It's a simple game. Um, it was known in the day for its the fluidity of the animation. Uh, that's what this game's bread and butter was. If you look at its original uh, release on the Apple II, uh, it blew everything away ever that had ever come before it, graphically. Uh, nothing came close. Uh, the uh, the fellow that did it, Mechner, he, he, I always heard that he had used his brother and, and, and a camera and, and, and with frame capturing techniques to make the fluidity of, of the character. Mm-hmm, the rotoscoping sort right, of deal. Right, right, right. Um, this game, I did a little digging on how this game came to be. Apparently, Mechner wrote a, I think it was an Asteroids clone, and sent it to Broderbund. And they said, you know, we're not looking for this. They sent him back a copy of Choplifter. And using some of the, I guess the way the graphics work in Choplifter and some elements from it, he devised this game. Really? So I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he used Choplifter right. to make this, but I'm saying he used... I don't know techniques from it or whatever to to, to help him make this game. Uh, his dad did the music for it, which is, I mean, the title screen is pretty impressive. There's and it's got so it does have quite a bit of music mm-hmm. uh, when you're not playing. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot going on. There's uh, there's little things in this game that are really cool. Like for example, when the uh, the when Angmar, what's his name? Akuma. Akuma, when he sends a new fighter to to meet you. Uh, it will cut back and forth several times. You'll be walking towards the, you know, I, I never left my fighting stance. So you'd be slowly advancing towards the fighter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the, your opponent will be running towards you, and it'll cut back and forth. Did you notice that? Yeah, I like that. It, it gives you a sense of scope as it's to how a, far away the guy and is. And it's cinematic, too. Well, I think the reason they do that, it's, I mean, it is cinematic. Also, it's a twofold reason, because in this game, you're either in your fighting stance or you're not. Mm-hmm. And when you're not, you can run real fast. And so you can get – effectively, if you run fast in between fights, you can fight less guys. Oh, I see. You understand? 
So you've got, and you know, okay, this guy's three screens away. Mm-hmm. He's two screens away. Okay, he's going to be coming on the screen this time around. i got to slow down. Because if you run up on a guy and you're on your fighting stance, he'll walk up, knock you, knock you cold. Mm-hmm. One shot. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Prince of Persia, if you, if you try to fight a guy without your sword. Or you put your sword away and he just comes up and just clops you and you're done. So, yeah, I always thought that was a, I thought that was a neat angle. The uh, Having only played the Atari 7800, the 8-bit versions for the Atari, and the C64 version, I was really impressed with the amount of detail in the ST port. It's a beautiful game. It's beautiful. I mean, and we say that given the source. I mean, this thing is not, you know, it's not the, uh, the most awesomely are beautiful graphics either, but I mean they're it, stunningly it, good compared yeah, to the other versions. And it looks just as good as any game in this genre on the platform, if not better. Yeah, uh, the the Atari port was later than the other versions. It came out in '88, the, the original Atari ST version. So the other ones came out uh, earlier. And so, like the like for example, although this the to put it in perspective, the '78 hundred version, which is considered not very good, came out in '87. Uh, so it wasn't like. I don't know what they were doing on the <laughs> They were getting it out the door as fast and as cheap as they could. Yeah. To put it in perspective, the game was considered a bestseller when it was released in 84. So that shows you that's four years of extra time to right. tinkle. And and it pays off. I mean, there are, um, amongst the other graphical uh, enhancements, are it's almost a, 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 I don't know how, parallax scrolling, you know, archways, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. are gorgeous yeah you know they're really nice they've added color to areas when you see Mechner's work and again I'll, I'll go back to Prince of Persia it's very basic the fluidity of the character makes the characters work it's not the actual look of the characters but in this game they really spent some time like the characters in this look way better than the Amiga release of Prince of Persia they look much better uh, so the sprites are larger in this game. Too. They are. Yeah. They are. They, they are. They're. They're. They're much larger. Um, so, but your guy eventually you fight through the uh, the courtyard like Boat said. You go through the dungeon. You fight a. Well, you also Akuma also sends his bird. He's got this <laughs> giant bird. We were talking earlier on the live stream in the in the original ones that I played. The bird was sort of like a falcon. You know, this bird seems like a like buzzard. A California or a, condor. Yeah. It's it's a it's a massive bird, <laughs> so I wouldn't want to fight this guy. I think it's far enough to fight him in this one, uh, but uh, you you fight him, you roll in, you fight a couple of elite guards, and then you fight the man himself, take him down, and uh, if you can beat him, you win. One of the funny things that Mechner did was uh, after you beat the bad guy, if you stay in your fighting stance when you go into your your girlfriend's chamber. She jumps up, runs over, and p- kills you. <laughs> you know, which I, thought, I don't know, what, I don't know what to say about that. It always struck me as odd. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, "What the hell just happened?" You know, it's a real letdown. And I was also reading that on the uh, the original Apple II version, it was released with a, on like a double sided disc. And if you put the second side in, it would load the game up, and everything would be upside down, which I thought was kind of wacky. That is funny. I thought that was kind of wacky. Here's something I did not know. Uh, that just thought it was interesting. I, so I threw it in. There was a modern remake of this, which I didn't know about. Did you, you know did, about? Oh it? yeah, I heard about this. This was probably not too long, maybe two or three years ago. It says 2012. Yeah, 2012. End of 2012. Have, you, have iOS, you played it? I've not played it, but I've seen it. It's a gorgeous game. Well, this one's on the uh, uh, Xbox 360 mm-hmm. via Xbox Live Arcade, and apparently it's on the Wii U as well. 
Uh, so I wouldn't mind seeing it. And But Metner was in charge of a small group and did it himself. This is another game where um, they totally skewed the normal control methods of, you know, like they didn't make it control like Street Fighter or anything like that, at least the iOS version. Um, you know, it's it's very kind of abstracted, much like the Amiga version because it's got one button. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to check it out then. I still want to check it out now. We'll have to put that on the list, Bo. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, graphically, a major improvement. Um, musically, probably, I'd say similar to what the ST yeah. had, right? Um, I, I don't know if... Uh, if, if, if this fellow, when he poured it, did anything to change it cosmetically, I'm guessing he didn't. He probably just poured it over. Uh, but I have to say, um, unless there's one out there I haven't seen, this is the most beautiful one. The mountain in the background looks beautiful. The ocean is nice. Um, it's a minimalist feel. And uh, it's a it's funny to look at this now because if you look at Karatika, especially on the Amiga because it's a perfect example, you can see... Karatika came out, then you had it with that fluid motion, then you had Prince of Persia, then, then you had the flashback, you know, uh, uh, series that used a similar uh, technique. Or out of this world. Out of this world, yes. Uh, that used that similar technique uh, to animate the guy. Uh, and it was and it worked for years. I mean, really, he stumbled upon something with that old Apple II that, that he could use for a while. And, of course, you know, this made uh, Mechner famous, and he's one of the I know him by name. There aren't too many guys I know. Sure, <laughs> you know, absolutely. But overall, I give the I give the the uh, the game a big thumbs up. I give the port a huge thumbs up, and I I like to personally thank the fellow that did it. You did a good job, and I hope we see more stuff like that in the future. Uh, Blue Max, hint hint. <laughs> but uh, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed playing it. Like I said, it's not it's not going to win gameplay of the year awards. Yeah, you know, but they, you have to, it's get, funny because the, the fighting is, is realistic in a way that most karate games are not. You're not jumping over somebody's head, landing on the other side, and kicking them. You and there's know? no fireballs or, or, or lightning kicks. It is <laughs> it is probably one of the more realistic karate games of all time. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be a real tough guy. And it is it is hard. You know, I mean, it seems like there was a way to get past guys every time that I used to know it. But that's been, you know, again, maybe it doesn't work on this port, but... I know I couldn't get past them this time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I liked it. What'd you think? I I liked it. Uh, I'd only played the seventy eight hundred version, which uh, to me seemed fun at the time because I there were just weren't that many karate games like that that I'd played. Um, but I think that the the simplicity of the gameplay is uh, at this point in time is is kind of a strike against it, but. If you think about the history of the game and you think about the work that went into this port and this, the, the the way the graphics are, everybody should check this out just to, just just to see it. Yeah, just for fun. Uh, guess what? There were no uh, Amiga versions of Karateko on eBay. Stunning. Yeah, uh, but just for fun, I thought you know let's see if I can find any of the original Atari ST versions. All right. Guess what? None. Really. None. Apparently, I'm guessing. I'm not a collector of ST stuff for the obvious reason, but I'm guessing if you are a collector and you have a good collection, you're sitting on some pretty All good bank. All that stuff is coming, yeah. Because ST is very uh, is not very well represented on 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 eBay, which I sort of use as the barometer for mm-hmm. what things go for mm-hmm. uh, these days. And I saw I didn't see a ton of stuff for it on in there. Now, guess 
which version I saw plentiful amounts of. 7,800. Everywhere. Yeah. I've got a box version myself. And I'm looking. I can see right now two copies of it from where I'm sitting, <laughs> and that's that's the literal truth. I can see them right there. I think I know where you got that. <laughs> it's it, it's funny the 7800. It, it it didn't sell all that well, and you don't see 7800 games that often. But boy, if you see them, you're going to see Pole Position Two and Karatika. Yep. You know, I don't know what that means if they overproduced. Well, them. Pole Position Two was a pack end. Oh, was that, that was the pack in yeah. for Well, that explains that. So, what's Karatek's yeah. excuse? I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> well, you see, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of Miss Pac-Man. You see a lot of arcade ports for the seventy-eight hundred. The the seventy-eight hundred, they just so, they they overproduce it so much that you can still buy, you know, box copies of almost any game for the system for under ten dollars. You know, it's funny, not to go off on a tangent about seventy-eight hundred, but a lot of the games we've covered, quite several of them are out on the seventy-eight hundred, like uh, Winter Games comes to mind. And, and this comes to mind. And the the difference in the time the Amiga was released and the 7800 were released was not... Well, the, the, the 7800 was 1983 hardware released in right, 1986. Right, but so. I'm just saying, you're still, you're still talking a couple years. But yeah. it's a quantum leap of the yeah. quality. I mean, if you go back and watch... I played, just for fun, I played the Karateka 7800 for this review. And it's like... I, you know, CGA level graphics basically effectively, and, and of course, it's the Sony 100 has the original Atari sound chip. So, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of love that went into the development of Sony 800 games on the whole. There were a few exceptions. Ninja Golf is great, but it's still great to have one, if for any reason, because of the uh, uh, because of the uh, uh, backwards compatibility. Yeah, you know, and the not... Food Fight port actually, because Food Fight is the only it's the only uh, home console port of Food Fight. Theory. And they did get Matt Mania, did they? Which is crap. Well. But, and it, but, it's ex, <laughs> but it's expensive. But, yep, so if you're looking for this on any uh, platform on eBay, I hope you like the Sony 800. <laughs> That's all you're getting. Well, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Let me get their names ready here. Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will William, Zach Zimmerman, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. We thank you for Thanks, your guys. support. And uh, if you'd like to support our podcast, you can check out our page over at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Uh, Aaron, what do you think about doing Civilization next week? <laughs> wow, deja vu. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, Bo. Uh, I'm interested to see how it looks after all these years. All right. Well, we'll see you then. Adios. Adios.